writing code from scratch, no libraries. That's the only way. Code cowboy. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Would you like to make a podcast? Yes, I would. All right. All right. So we just recorded, and hopefully you all just listened to, the first episode in a series about music and software development. On uh, the podcast Hacking the Grepson, by the way. Hacking the Grepson, where you are listening right now. This <laughs> Welcome. Is, this is episode 24, if Woo. my math is correct. Counting is fun. Sometimes. Um, and... <laughs> Along the same lines, as Mike is a music developer as well as a software developer, Ooh, I have I like been that. doing... Yes, you're a music developer. Ooh. I have been doing improv and improv comedy uh, for the more than 15 years at this point. Partly, uh, it's your fault, because you and Ash, my wife, dragged me to the first class that we ever... You didn't took. want to do that? Oh, no. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow, we're the, learning things here. Me, the massive introvert, didn't want to go up on stage? But then Correct. you found something you loved? I did. I found that I really liked the act of creating it collaboratively with other people. Hmm. And, like, the process, it was always discovering new things. And so it's like a constant learning process. Hmm. Which is what I like in life all the times so why I've stuck in this field of software for so long is it also does that. Well, you're welcome for do- forcing you to do something against your will 15 years ago. Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so Now I, get in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I recently started teaching again, uh, teaching Congrats. improv again. Right. And as I've been going through that, thank you, uh, as I've been going through that, I have started to think, much like you did with music, how does improv overlap with software development? Yeah. Um, and there's skills and tools that you would that I pick and choose from improv in my real life all the time. Certainly, uh, parenting. Certainly, interacting with other people. I use it all the time to mask some of my <laughs> social issues. Um, but there's a lot of skills involved in improv. So, but what what is improv if you just had to def- define it? So improv is just making stuff up. Oh, okay, like, like this, like right now. Really, I yeah, just we, said that we word. are just improvising. Wow. There it is again. It's unscripted entertainment is improv. It's it's improvised, oh. improvisational in nature, and when you're teaching improv, a lot of times when I tell people I'm teaching improv, they go, "Well, how would you even do that? It's question. all made up." Yeah, and, and the points don't matter, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the there are certain, not rules, but guidelines that mm. basically if you follow those guidelines, you will stay. It's kind of like putting bumper lanes up uh, at the bowling alley <laughs> where it, they kind of force you to stay out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. So the the these are kind of guide rails. Um, there is one rule, more or less, though, in improv, because if you don't do this, you really just cannot get a scene together. And that's this concept of yes, and. So it's yes, comma, and. Uh, the comma is important because it gives you time to think. Um, mm. But that fundamentally boils down to, and most improv classes do not explain this correctly when you first learn it, so you're getting an extra special treat, listeners. Yes, uh, and? <laughs> um, yes, and is agreeing to what has been established in the scene and adding to it. Mm-hmm. Not your character agreeing to what's been established in the scene, but you as the player, the person who is who would effectively be the programmer uh, of your character in this case, you are agreeing to what the other 
player has established. So if they're like, we are at a bus, you know that that person just said you're at a bus. Mm-hmm. You um, can't now say you're in a submarine. Right. And if you can, you're that that's going to make a really weird scene right off the bat, and it's going to be really hard to drive it forward. You can do it, but it's hard. Right. right? So what you would rather do is, yeah, we're waiting for a bus. And you know, you could even say, yes, and my car broke down yesterday, right? So I've added information to that scene. If I said, no, we're on a submarine, then one of us is probably delusional in the scene. <laughs> um, and that's less fun to play. You can do it that way. Yeah. And you're ultimately still adding information. The information you added there is, this person is delusional. <laughs> Depends on the audience. Right. Exactly. Mm. Um, so yes and, as a concept, really boils down to agreeing to what's there and adding to it. So it's kind of like uh, like an implicit agreement that that multiple people are going to trust each other yes. to push the scene forward. And as soon as you change that and do like a no but, you are kind of saying, I don't trust you to push the scene forward. I want it to right. go elsewhere. Do it my way. Right. Yeah. It's a, improv is, as I call it, a team sport. Mm-hmm. It's very collaborative. Pair programming would really probably be closer to improv than solo development. But mm-hmm. I often, you, I, I mean, you can improvise by yourself. I have a friend who does full improv things 100% by themselves. I actually have a couple friends that do that. Mm. Um, and most programmers tend to work by themselves. But there are places where you do collaborate with other people. At work, perhaps? At work, yeah. yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about some ways that I find software development to be similar to uh, improv. And I want to keep that focus somewhat... Uh, narrowed in mm. scope to just talking about yes and. There's a whole bunch of other concepts that I think can also be brought in, but sticking with the fundamental concept and trying to stay uh, close to that gravitationally, so to speak. I agree. We are on a submarine. Yes, we are on a submarine. So in this submarine, there is a porthole. Don't open the portal. Oh, okay. So yes and. So on the music thing, uh, the music episode that we just talked about, mm-hmm. you talked about libraries and how those are kind of similar to sample libraries in music. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Improv, I think also you can think about reusing libraries uh, in slightly a different way as as following the yes and rule, right? Okay. If I download a library that, that's like an image processing library and process an image with it, in and of itself that's not doing anything. But if I add that into a program that, say, takes a picture of somebody, processes the image in a particular way that I want to do, or like that like I'm making a filter for... TikTok or something, right? right. Um, yes, and or then, Instagram, and then <laughs> and then does something with that. Uh, effectively, that is at its core a yes and concept, right? I'm hmm. taking this image library that exists already. I know it exists, and I'm adding to it. I'm using this thing that was already given to me. Okay, that's probably the least yes Andy of all the things I'm going to talk about. Okay, but that one kind of works. And yes, I'm intrigued. Yes, Andy. Uh, Where I start to see Yes And really become impactful uh, and overlapping in the software development industry starts coming in when when you are dealing with other people. Mm -hmm. So one of uh, the big places that I have personally used the concept of Yes And to make life a little easier in this industry has been with reviews, code and design reviews in particular. People have spent a lot of time, usually, writing code or putting together their design before they come talk to anybody else about it. In a perfect world, you'd just do that all at once and brainstorm together or like pair program together and then you don't have to have those reviews. But realistically, most people are like working on a thing, 
and then they bring it to to a group or to an individual to review. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how often you've had to deal with your code being reviewed um, by jerks, but it's <laughs> all the no, no. I <laughs> but I have a fair, fairly large uh, experience with that, uh, having worked tell. With a lot of jerks over over the course of my. 20-something careers, yeah. Uh, And the problem I typically find with that, and I've also been accused of this and have worked on it, is that someone says something, and if you're just like, well, this was a stupid thing to do. Mm. That is as close to a denial, which is the opposite of yes and in improv, as you can get. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not even going to listen to what what else they have to say. What I have found works better is, as a communication standpoint, starting with, okay, you did this thing. I think this is great. It solves the problem. And we can make it better by, you know, renaming this class or splitting this thing up into two functions so it's not one. It's not crapping all over the thing that they did and saying, I'm smarter than you. Mm-hmm. It's working with them and saying, I really like what you did here, and it can be better, right? So if you treat your design reviews in that way, I personally find that Yes And uh, has really helped that. And I've had really good reception from that, from some some of the best software engineers that I've worked with over the years. Like, you know, this would actually be better if we put it into a class and named it this way, you know, more of a, a noun than a verb, and then have your functions be verbs. And they're like, oh, and then they think about it, they rewrite the class, and they weren't mad at me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I just went, this sucks, rewrite it, no point, right? And, and it seems to be a lot like doing improv on a stage for example, because if you have two people and and someone says, like, here's my idea, and the other person says, no, that's a horrible idea, this is the better idea, the audience, everybody who's watching you, i.e. your other coworkers who might be part of this, or your boss or manager, you know, it makes everybody kind of, like, uncomfortable uncomfortable because there's conflict and... And it doesn't make for a good improv show, and it doesn't make for a good working environment. Right. It wouldn't make for a good software team, right? You have to build trust. Yeah. And improv, you have to have trust. Yeah. It's a big trust performance. It really is. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of how I think about it when it comes to reviews. If we want to start talking about it more from a actually programming perspective, mm-hmm. one I mean, of the I think this is a programming podcast. We don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Software development is more than just writing code, right? No, that's pretty much it. No, I'm just <laughs> no yes, I of wish. Course. Yeah, writing code from scratch, no libraries. That's the only way. Code cowboy. <laughs> uh, extending classes and object-oriented programming to me is a very yes and thing, similar to what. I was talking about with the libraries before, mm-hmm. but even more so. Yeah. So when I'm extending a class, I really am adding functionality to it. I'm I'm really anding what that library does. So if I have a uh, a library, I'll go again with image manipulation because that's the one I mentioned already. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, you know, it it can. You're yes anding your own. This wow. is this is how Whoa. I function. Uh, you read it, you know, you you have this class. And what it can do is it can read a image, mm. and that's it, an image, uh, from a file. Mm. And that's all it can do. And that doesn't work with the program that you want. You could write a brand new one from scratch, or you can take that class, and you can add 
and you can make a child class of that that and its constructor could take in say a file stream instead of a file name and now i'm i'm able to read this in or direct point to the camera and it can take a image directly from there mm. so still same basic concept and i'm adding to it and then someone else could take that add to that and they could subclass that or uh or multiple inheritance if you really want to get fancy uh throw a decorator pattern around it um whoa i think we're losing some of our audience now <laughs> just kidding uh and and add more functionality and every time you're doing that you're just broadening the scope of it but you're not changing the fundamental nature of that class mm -hmm. which is to take in an image right yeah um we are on a submarine the other place where I find I do a lot of sort of yes anding is around fixing bugs. Because okay. I think I've probably mentioned this before. Uh, certainly to you and probably on this podcast. Mm. My natural inclination when I'm dealing with someone else's code is to throw it all away mm. and start over. Um, and in particular when I'm fixing bugs. I'm like, well, this would never have happened if they'd written the code right. <laughs> and then, right. That doesn't sound like yes and to me. It's not. Okay. So that would, you know, if I wanted to refactor all the code and just go off on my own and just bulldoze and blaze a trail my own way, I can do that. That's yeah. a totally valid approach. You can also do that in improv, but people think you're a jerk. Yeah. Um, in software, it's more that you're wasting time. Hmm. You know, frequently we don't have time to refactor every piece of code that's that's not 100% perfect. So instead you're saying, okay, I've got this code. It works this way. I'm going to follow the same coding conventions, the same style. I'm going to not break this up into its own class. I might have my own little function here. I'm going to just change that one thing. So I'm not fundamentally reshaping the world just by going in and changing it. And that, again, to me, feels very yes and mm -hmm. style. I like that. I do a lot of I'm that. I'm really coming around to this idea. Good. <laughs> Otherwise we have to throw away this episode. <laughs> Uh, but yes. you'd like that, wouldn't you? I would, and uh, I'm into that. Um, and then probably, like, we talked a little bit on, on reviews about yes using that yes and communication style. Uh, I also find when you're doing brainstorming. Oh, big time, yeah. That's a big place to do that. If someone says something, you're like, no, but my idea. Right. Almost always that goes off the rails. Yeah. And you're, you're basically just shutting people down at that point. Right. If you want to not shut people down and still have your idea heard, yes and is a much better way to go. Now, I have an interesting question. What yes, if the suggestion that someone throws out in a brainstorming uh, thing is categorically, like, insane and bad? Like, do you still yes and by principle, or is there a compromise? I try to find some nugget of brilliance you in what You used words they did. that I understood. Good job. Yeah. No. Like, oh, you bring up a good point. Yeah. And then say my own thing. Um, if I, but honestly, I don't know that I've ever really encountered, like, the Billy Madison scenario of somebody just saying something that's just completely... So you don't have a lot of trolls at work, is right. what you're saying. Okay, or whatever. I'm, I'm, sure I'm sure it happens, but in professional situations, I haven't. Usually somebody will have some nugget of, like, like I want to solve this part of the problem, and then they'll describe it in a way that couldn't possibly solve that. Mm -hmm. i say, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if we want to solve that problem... We should really think about, and then I'll add to that. And again, that's just from strictly communication style. Yeah. I find that that works. D d I mean, do you find that when you're in a brainstorming session or a code review or you're fixing bugs that, like you mentioned before with the reviews, that the more you do yes and, the more everybody else wants to follow suit? Like it's kind of a, a, a positive feedback loop? Yeah, it snowballs to some extent. There, you'll, you'll always have your jerks who will take advantage 
of somebody who can do something like this. Mm. But those people are going to do that anyway. Yeah. I do generally find it's a more effective style of having everybody work together. What I found is, especially if I'm running a meeting and I do it this way, like a design review or brainstorming and I'm, and I'm running it and I kind of force the yes and on everyone that the, that it goes faster. Mm -hmm. It's, you have a better outcome. And if something does need to change, people aren't pissed off about it. Um, Yeah. And usually they change it faster. Whereas otherwise it feels very like I'm telling you what to do as opposed to we are solving a problem together. Mm -hmm. And the brainstorming, I find that that's really important. Now, when you're doing uh, actual improv on a stage and you run into this jerk who is no-butting everybody, like, how do you handle that in the moment? Uh, I I usually don't, honestly, Just in the moment. Just straight up murder. I mean... Yeah, uh, I, I kill him. Um, yeah. Honestly, that's something I would usually talk to them about outside of the scene. But if I absolutely had to, like, the scene is just being run into the ground and yeah. I need to do something, I would try to understand why my character was dealing with their character, right? I, I just start reacting naturally. If someone's being a jerk on stage, I will treat them like a jerk. Mm. Is really what, that, That's really the answer. Uh, but now, will that work in software development? Um, no. <laughs> that's, that's why you typically have to go, because that's someone's career. Yeah. Right? And, it's, and it goes longer than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Or even an hour if you're doing, like, the longest improv set I ever saw was two hours. Like, just straight up one, one scene. scene. One scene. It, they, they didn't improvise play. Basically, oh, okay. um, right. off one suggestion, they just got the title and just ran with it. It was wow. amazing. That's still going to be over in two hours. Someone's totally screwing that up. It goes away. If someone's completely screwing up a multi-year project, mm-hmm. that's a bigger problem, and you yeah. need to kind of you just go directly at them. Then, okay, all right, <laughs> like, dude, knock it off. Yeah, Mike. No, Mike's a jerk. Uh, finally, on the yes and front, mm. prototyping. Prototyping. What so is that? When I write code, I used to, a long time ago, try to do sort of the waterfall method. Get and all of your get all my ideas requirements, up requirements. Yeah. Get everything out. Uh, but if you follow more of the agile methodology, you will typically get some amount of requirements and maybe do a little bit of design, but then get a... Uh, a first draft out, basically, right away, mm-hmm. a prototype, like a proof of concept, even if you want to go before the prototype and like, is this what you want? And in particular with web programming, that that is typically the case. anything where there's a UI and someone actually has to look at it. Right. They want to see it. They you're you're going to see you're gonna have a lot more rapid feedback. Yeah. There. And that is all improv. It's like, I don't know where I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. If I, Agile really is improv as far as I'm concerned. And the way you write code in Agile tends to follow more of the prototyping pattern, right? Where it's like, okay, I want to write... <laughs> I'm going to keep going with my TikTok analogy that I wish I had picked a better one to start with. <laughs> uh, I'm writing a filter. I don't know how to do this. Uh, but um, I know that there's certain pieces... I, I'm going to need face tracking software for this filter, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, what's the popular filter right now? Looking like She-Hulk. That's the big one that mm, everyone's got. That Sure. So... I know they're going to be green, right? So my first draft budget cut version of this, I will probably make it so I can find the face and paint it green. Mm-hmm. Not worry about the lighting, the shading, the makeup, the face tracking if they move. Just like, fine, okay, I got a picture of it. Now it's green, right? And then show somebody and be like, 
that's kind of what you wanted. And then you could add to that. Yes. Refine it. And refine I want it, this. Refine it. Right. Yeah. And inevitably that is what happens, right? Yeah. You start with a program that does something very simple. Mm-hmm. Look at Google, right? With Google, when it first came out, you'd go to their webpage. There was a box. Mm-hmm. You would type in the box and you'd click a button and it would search. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing else on that page. Now there's a bunch of other stuff on that page, and Google right. does a lot more. They've got mail, they've got calendars, they've got news, they've got... Maps. Yeah. Maps, all that stuff. Wait, Google has maps? <laughs> it's a map quest. Um, and so, like, those things grow, and they change, and they modify, but fundamentally, it's still building on that basic building block, right, of their MapReduce engine that they mm. use for doing all the search results stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Uh, it builds on top of that. Submarines has weird noises. But you can you start with you start with your search box. Mm-hmm. You and then someone says, you know, what would be really nice is if we could put a, a picture up at the top and not just have our logo every time. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe get some fan driven content up there and that make people want to come more. Yeah, we could do that. Mm-hmm. Your team goes off and does that. Doesn't change your underlying thing, and you can keep building and building and building. That's all. Yes, and you're all improvising every time you write code. Yeah, you know, and uh, not to shoehorn in the last topic about music, but bringing up prototyping, uh, at least the way I write music, is very similar. Like, you're just like, okay, I want a rock song. Okay, well, I need to get, like, a beat, and then I need to put, like, you know, a chord progression bass, and then we got to have some guitar chords, and then we got to have a lead over that, and it's all just like, yes, that's good, and then let's add this, and then let's add this, until you finally have a finished product. Yeah, we found our chorus, now I'm going to repeat it. Yeah, yeah. And, you're, and, you, and you're often in a band situation, so you have multiple people saying, yes, that's good, but let's also yeah. add this. And like, oh, I like that beat, and if, I, if we do this... Yeah. And now we need Yoko on it too. No, no, yeah. not this one. Number John, nine, not this one. No, no. <laughs> you get number ten, but not now. Exactly. Uh, no, but, you know, uh, I think you have. I, I, I'm not saying I went into this topic with the idea that you were just full of malarkey completely. Well, you thought I didn't know what I was talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, <laughs> indisputably. But uh, but I, I'm actually on board with this improv. Uh, I mean, improv seems to be useful in just life in general, but definitely software development. I agree. Good job, Matt. Thanks, Mike. Will there be more in this series of improv and software development? That's my hope. Okay. I have I have lots of ideas. I just got to figure out how to make them. Got any of those ideas you could say now? Nope. Mm -hmm. How's how's those ideas going? Going well? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Family guy reference aside. Uh, Settle down, Stewie. (laughs) Thank you. That was pretty good. Uh, Brian. So Brian and Stewie here, repping for hacking the Grepson. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, we will be coming back at you with more uh, episodes in this series at a later date. But for now, we now return you to your regularly scheduled lives already in progress. Yes, and go enjoy them. Bye.